Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Mark, the 10th chapter, the 46th verse says this. And when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Somebody say cry out. Saying, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. This is a blind man. In the Bible, they call him blind Bartimaeus. But he cried over and over. He said, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd began to rebuke him, telling him to be silent. But he cried all out the more. The more they told him to shut his mouth, the more he cried. And he, saw, he cried out again, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. Somebody say, Jesus stopped. He said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. Tell somebody, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. And followed him along the way. We're talking about different spirits and different mantles that we have to pick up people of God. And we talked about having discernment. And we're talking about having perception. And we're talking about having, having a, a spirit of preparation. Because we don't want to be caught ill-prepared. One of the worst things we can ever do is to have a blessing that we're not prepared for. To have a marriage that we're not prepared for. To get a promotion that we're not prepared for. And then when it doesn't work out, we can want to blame it on the devil. No, it was your lack of preparation. And I believe that God is such a good father. He won't withhold no good thing from us. But if he knows it's going to shipwreck you, he'll withhold even the good thing. If you're not prepared. So tell somebody, get prepared. But today, I got two things I want to share with you real quick. And the first thing is desperation. Somebody say desperation. Desperation, you may be seated. Somebody say desperation. Blind Bartimaeus was a man that he used what he had. He could not see people of God, but he could hear. And the word of God said that he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming by. So many times the devil wants us to, to look on what we don't have, the money that we don't have, the age that we are and how many years we don't have left, how many things we have wasted. But tell somebody, you do have something left. You can't focus on what you don't have. You can't cry over lost opportunities. You can't cry over 
years. You can't walk, you can't cry over lost relationships. But God said, look around at what you do have. I might not can see, but I can hear that Jesus is nearby. And isn't it wonderful that even in the human body, whenever somebody has a disability, the way that the human body works, the God God will always compensate by giving something a little stronger. That I may not can see, but I can hear real good. And along with that, he gave me a big mouth. And along with that, I added to that this may be my only opportunity. I've heard of the legend of Jesus of Nazareth, and I am not going to let this opportunity pass me by. He perceived that there is a window for me to get everything that's out of alignment, in alignment. Why? Because I've heard of his miracles. I've heard of him raising the dead. I've heard of him opening other people's blind eyes, and I want to be one of the few. And for that reason, I won't miss my opportunity. So many times the devil look at it. Well, look at you this. You're a single mother. You look at your education. You didn't finish your degree. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't. But if you look in the treasure chest of your life, you'll find just enough to get his attention. Look at what you got. Look at what you got. Look at what you have at your disposal, people of God. Bartimaeus didn't say, oh, well, it's me. It's somebody. somebody. He wasn't like the man at the pool of Bethesda. I have nobody to help me. When it, no, he said, no, I heard. I don't know where he's at. I don't know where he's at. But I do know if I yell loud enough, if I be desperate enough, if I be, if I be keenly focused on my objective to get what I need from the master, that's all that matters. Tell somebody that's all that matters. Out of all you've been through, let me tell you something. Everything is not equal. You know, everybody, no, no, no. Devil is a lie. Everything and everybody and every opportunity is not equal. There are certain moments, there are certain people. Now, I'm not saying we ought to treat somebody better than the other, but there are certain people, certain moments, certain places, and certain times that God has anointed for you to intersect with. And if you try, if you have all this, well, if you're going to try to play it cool, don't want to disturb nobody, let me tell you, look, it is you that's laying in that bed when the devil is attacking you, telling you what you are and what you are not, and making you feel this spirit of regret. It's you that the devil is, and I don't care who I disturb. I'm going to get. I perceive that this is a moment, and it may not come around again. Tell somebody, it may not come around again. So you better stop worrying about who you're going to disturb. You better stop worrying about who's going to get, who, who, who's, who's apple cart you're going to upset. Let every man be a liar. Let God be the truth. Tell somebody I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I 
am desperate. And let me tell you something about desperation, people of God. Desperation produces focus and it establishes a hierarchy of value. You don't believe me? You think the people in Puerto Rico right now care about whether they got Wi-Fi or not? Huh? You think they caring about if, 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 uh, if, 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 uh, if Uber is running around town? No, they don't. They are in a state of desperation where all I am keenly focused, all I need is water and some food and, 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 and I need, you know, I need refrigeration. Some people, some people got insulin that need to stay cold. Tell somebody when you're desperate. When you're desperate, it keenly focuses on you on what really matters. And the devil has tricked us to think everything matters. And we got to be the savior. And we got to be Superman. And we got to know. God said, you better focus on what matters. The reason that I put you here. When you're desperate, it gets you keenly focused. But here's the thing, people of God. We wait until circumstances get tight for us to get desperate. God said there was a, de there was, there was a difference between, between being selectively desperate and situationally desperate. See, most of the time, we wait until we get in a tight corner, until a resource is gone before we get desperate. But I'm telling you, people, God, if we live with the spirit of desperation, that God, you put me in here. You knew me from my mother's womb. You put gifts, talents, and callings inside of me, and I am tired of living week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade with the same existence. Somebody shout, I'm desperate. Desperate to see his will fulfilled in my life. And when you get desperate, you get focused and the flim flam just melts in your presence. All the people that don't want nothing, that woman that don't want nothing, that man that don't want nothing. Why are you in church all the time? Because I'm desperate. And the only way I'm going to get what he has for me is if I live with the spirit of desperation. Come on, baby, just give it to me. Somebody say, I'm desperate. Desperation will make you do, make you act out of character. Anybody ever been in an emergency room and you hear people wailing and you people saying, oh, God, is people that, that wouldn't even let Jesus and God come off their lips, but let some trouble come your way. Tell somebody, desperate. for him to see there is too much inside of you people of God there is too much that the world needs to hear some of you some of you need to write books some of you need to start businesses some of you need to do need to do something uh, out of the ordinary but you are scared of what people are going to do and people are going to say you're scared of God said don't even worry about what you're going to eat or you're going to drink if I clothe the linens of the field and don't you know I'm going to take care of you You got to be desperate, people of God. Tell somebody beside you, tell them, get desperate. Don't wait till trouble come. Don't have a forced desperation. Have a, have a, have a de desperation by choice that I am choosing, that I'm no longer going to waste days, weeks, and years going in the same little figure eight. Figure eight, we go through the same thing. I got ups and downs, ins and outs. I got dead days and bad. 
bad day. Say that some rain. No, the devil is a liar. I am going from glory to glory, from victory to victory. And I am desperate that when I close my eyes and go into eternity, I'm going to get everything that God has for me. Somebody say I'm desperate. Desperation to make you pray. Desperation to make you turn your plate down and make you turn the TV off. Because I'm determined God to leave this place fulfilling everything that he told me to do. And the devil is banking on it. You're going to be scared of what people are going to do. Say, you're going to be scared of what the enemy is going to do. You're going to be scared of if you're going to disturb somebody. But let me tell you, people of God, you only, you, we only got a couple of moments to everyone's life. There are only a couple of divine moments. I said, if you're desperate enough, if you're desperate enough, Jesus responded yes to his voice, but it was plenty of people calling his name. But Jesus responded to his desperation. And when he got Jesus' attention, Jesus cut right to the chase. What is it that you want me to do for you? Okay, but see, this man I can get some glory out of. Jesus knew that he was blind. Jesus could physically see that. They had to help the man put his cloak on, guide him to Jesus. Clearly, Jesus could perceive that he was blind. He said, but your desperation has gotten my attention so bad. He asked him, what is it that you want me to do? I believe when we get to that place, people of God, Jesus will ask us the same thing. Your repetition of asking God is not moving him. Oh, I've been asking for years. and I guess it's just not the will. No. He wants to know, are you desperate enough? Because you have to understand, right here in the scripture right here, it says, Jesus said, go, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he recovered sight and followed him on the way. The first thing he used his sight for was to follow Jesus. Is what you're desperate for, will it result in you following Jesus? No. Girl, I'm in, I'm in my mid-30s. It's clock ticking. I'm tired of being a bridesmaid. I'm tired of throwing rice at people. I want people to throw rice at me. And it's good that we should desire. Marriage is a wonderful thing. But you do know that the devil hears you too. He'll wrap a coyote to look like a look like a little poodle. 
Oh, he's so nice and cuddly. Ooh, would he go to church too, girl? I think I found the one. But he will wrap things up to look so pretty. You have to understand, he's the master of disguise. He's not just, he's just not good. He's the master of it. Father of lies, he's a master of disguise. And he will wrap things up. But is that desire, does it ultimately lead to Jesus? As Christians, we have to ask ourselves that, people of God. And so the, last, so the thing I want to share with you, that manifestation never comes to the comfortable. It comes to the desperate. I'll say that again. Manifestation never comes to the comfortable. Manifestation comes to the desperate. You do you you checked out all the other prerequisites. God, I'm living a holy life before you. God, I tithe. God, I serve in the house of God and I serve other people. What's the what's the missing ingredient? Your desperation. Because desperate people do desperate things. Desperate people don't care about the opinions of people around them. They are focused, just like those people in Puerto Rico right now. They are keenly focused that this is my goal, survival for the day, survival for the week, refrigeration so the insulin don't go bad. They are keenly focused, and none of these other ancillary things matter. Can I tell you? Most of the stuff we deal with in our lives, people of God, don't, and I know this improper English, don't even matter. Whether they like you in the break room, don't even matter. Whether your family speak to you, and I'm not an advocate, you, you should have harmony with your family, but I'm not going to be slave to try to create harmony with you. We are living for an audience of one. We're living for an audience of one, y'all. Much as I love my wife, her saying, well done, thy good and faithful husband, ain't the same as hearing my father say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I love that woman. And I appreciate her appreciation, but I'm living to hear him say, well done. And I'm not going to stumble across the finish line. I'm not going to limp across the finish line. I want him to say, all right, all right, faithful servant. No, I want him to exuberantly say, well done. You've been faithful over a few things. You see, these things seem so big and so gargantuan in our lives, y'all. But y'all, our lives ain't nothing but vapor. Tell the, the, the thing, the house note and the car note and the family. Tell, tell somebody that's just those just a few things compared to what He wants to give us. Just manage the few things, but manage them with desperation. I say recklessness. Controlled desperation. 
that God, these children were given to me for signs, wonders, and miracles. And so I'm not going to acquiesce. I'm not going to give in to what the world says that all the kids have to do. I'm going to speak over them. I'm going to pray over them. I'm not going to declare the word of God over them. I'm not going to say what the devil wants me to say over them. Tell somebody, are you desperate? The last thing I want to read to you before we go. Genesis, the 32nd chapter. This is, is the con kind of conclusion of Jacob's saga. Anybody knows about Jacob? He was a twin brother of Esau, and he stole his brother's birthright, and he went on the run because his brother sought to kill him. And this was at the end of his running. Tell somebody, come to an end of your running. He heard that his brother was nearby, and so he sent his family off because he, he didn't know what state his brother was in because he thought he may come and kill his whole family. And so he was by himself, and he went to sleep, and he woke up. And this is where we're going to pick up. At 23, oh, I started at 22. The same night he arose, and he took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else he had. And Jacob was left alone. Tell somebody alone. You're going to walk this walk alone. I know you like, I know everybody's in your life and all those things, but we're going to stand in front of God, the just judge alone. Naked we came in this world, naked we shall leave. As much as people love you, ain't nobody going to jump in that six foot hole. Tell somebody at the end of the day, you're alone. So stop living life for other people. For their approval. Oh, we're, gonna, we're not going to be wrecking like a bull through the china shop. We're not just going to be inconsiderate. But I'm not going to let your opinions or your potential response be a shackle to me. That was deliverance for somebody. So some of the time, some of the time we, we defeat ourselves in our own mind. We're playing chess. Well, if I do this, they're not going to like this. And they're going to do this. God said, obey me. And leave the results up to, up, up to other people. Here's one thing. I'm not responsible for your response to my decision. I'm not responsible for it. And so we, have, we can't let the opinions of other people, because at the end of the day, you will be alone. In your decisions, in the way that God will judge you, tell somebody you will be alone. And so, and and, 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 and a man, and Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was pulled out of joint. As he wrestled him, then he said, let me go, for the day is about to break. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And Jacob said, and he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven or struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. The last thing I want to leave with you in the next couple of minutes, people of God, is a spirit of relentlessness. Somebody say, be relentless. Meaning that I will not give up. 
I will not relent. I will not let go. See, the devil is banking on it. I can't make you, I can't get you to go out there and go drinking and go out there and wine bibbing and whoremongering. I can't get you to, to go do that. So my objective is to wear you out to where you let go. Yeah, you saved, you're on your way to heaven, but you let go. Not let go of Jesus, but you let go of the promise. But tell somebody, you have to be unrelenting. Patience, strength, and vision are the building, are the building blocks of a relentless spirit. I'm going to say that again. Patience. Somebody say patience. Strength. Somebody say strength. And vision are the building blocks of a relentless spirit. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Let me tell you this. In Joshua, the first chapter, I'm not going to take you there, but just I want you to write that down. Joshua, the first chapter. God is having a pep talk with Joshua and he's telling him, the same way I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. He said, every place where your feet touches, I'm going to give to you. He didn't tell him that he would not have a fight. He did not tell him that he would not have people opposing him, but he said, everywhere I get, everywhere your feet go, he said, no man's going to be able to stand before you. Meaning they're going to attempt to, but they're going to melt like wax in your presence. And can I tell you something, people of God? God gave that pep talk. I spoke on it one time called a locker room speech. Well, God just gave, gave Joshua just a pep talk that before you step out here and start leading this people, I just want you to know that I'm with you. That no man's going to be standing before you, that I have sanctioned you whether they uh, give you a stamp of approval or not. And you have to know, people of God, that when you step out to do what God has told you to do, you're going to have more naysayers than you are a peanut gallery. You're going to have people telling you every reason why you can't. But just as long as God says you can, who cares what they say? Who cares what they think? Tell somebody God is with you. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. The first verse says this, and I'll let them catch up with me. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with a great, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. So, tell us about it, lay it, away, lay it aside. And the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run this race with patience that is set before us. Look at this. This is too what I want to really draw in. Looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. I want to draw your attention right here, looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. All that's well and good, meaning God, God didn't put you in, in anything to challenge your faith that he has not already written the ending. 
We have to trust the author. Tell somebody to trust the author. See, that's the great thing about it. The reason God's not worried about it because he knows how it ends. If we trust the author, <laughs> the author is also the finisher. And there is no need to worry. But I want to draw you. He said, he said, who for, who's the author and the finisher, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What is he saying? He said that the joy of seeing us redeemed back to God was so great that the suffrage of the cross, he looked beyond it. He said, yeah, it's going to hurt. He had a human moment. He had a human moment in the Garden of Gethsemane. Look, he, he, that's when the, the full measure of Jesus' humanity met his divinity all at one time. And he would say, God, is there any way this cup can pass from me? But, but God went silent. He said, okay, God, nevertheless, your will be done. And at that moment, Jesus set his, his affection, his, his, his focus and everything. He endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. And though Jesus, at that point, at that point, they whipped Jesus. They pulled the hairs out of his beard. They spit on him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. These just, just wasn't people. This was his own creation that turned on him, that was mocking him, people of God. But Jesus was so relentless. He was so relentless that he endured all the mocking, all the piercing of his hands. All, all, and, and it hurt him. People want to say, oh, well, Jesus, you know, he was, he was God in the flesh. No, but he was all flesh and he was all God at the same time. When they put those spikes in his feet, he felt the pain. But he endured the cross for the joy of seeing you back in the family of God. He's relentless and God is not asking you to be crucified. He's not asking you to, to, to have a, a crown of thorns be on your head. All he's asking you to endure what you're going through. If you can see beyond the pain, if you can see beyond the trial, if you can see beyond being ostracized, if you can see beyond it, that when I get through this, when I come out of this fiery trial, when I come out of the being scorned, when I come out of being ostracized, when I come this I can endure it because I see a joy that's set before me anybody see the culmination of God doing what he promised does it bring anybody joy when you see the vision of what God called you to do when God see when you see you can close your eyes and you can see that family together you can close your eyes and you can see God having you in a place of authority and position you can see yourself in your ministry impacting thousands and thousands God said well you got the right to vision and make it plain so those that read it will continue to run but God because God said what you're going to go through you're going to have to endure some things but if you got the joy set before you you can endure it Jesus was relentless because his pursuit was after the joy not happiness happiness is fleeting happiness is temporary 
But tell somebody, I'm after my joy. I don't know what your joy is. I don't know what joy looks like for you. Maybe you don't even know. This week I challenge you to write down what joy looks like for you. The vision that God gave you, what it's going to look like. What it's going to act like. The color of the house. The color of the car. The, the, the seat that you want your husband and your family sit beside you in church in. The, 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 uh, pick a, have a vision of the table that you want your husband leading in a family in prayer in. Somebody say the joy. God said, get a picture of your joy and you can endure it. Now it makes sense when he says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not happiness. But God said, I need you to be unrelenting. I need you to be unrelenting. Endure hardness as a good soldier. I need you to see the joy of the completion of the thing. We are so such creatures of the moment, people of God. That what's going on in our life right now, the present diagnosis, the present issue this week on the job. But how do you notice when you get a little time and look back? You know, that wasn't even that bad. It's because it was this close that it seemed so, so big. But God said, if you would just make me larger... your issue make me larger God said magnify me not your issue magnify me not the, not the abnormality not the, not the diagnosis God said make me larger God said I know you feel it it is very tangible it is very real but so am I everybody standing to your feet Somebody lift your hands and say, God, I will not miss it. Tell somebody beside you, I won't miss it. I won't miss it. Tell somebody, you must be relentless. Tell them, tell them, tell them, come on, come on, encourage them, tell them, you must be relentless. Come on, grab them by the hand, look them in the face, say, say do you hear me? You must be relentless. Tell her you must be desperate. Ask him, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Come on, ask him, ask him, ask him. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Are you willing to be talked about? Are you willing to be ostracized? Are you willing to be out of the clique? How bad do you want it? 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 This is the last thing I want to share with you. God said we have to get rid of the illusion of the bloodless victory. It's a fantasy. It's a fairy tale that we're going to have a bloodless victory. What are you saying, Pastor Tony? That even though God has called you, even though God has anointed you, even though, even though, so you have to understand, Jacob, he, he, he already had the blessing. But he still had to fight the angel. The angel didn't come and bow down. And no doubt when he was fighting, he had bruises, he had bruises. The man had his, had his socket dislocated. The Bible said, and never talked about it, the, 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 the hip going back in socket. 
So he got damaged. And we are bought into this illusion and this fairy tale that everything's going to be like Jehoshaphat. We're going to, that, that, that we're just going to sing, blessed be the name of the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And, and, and the enemy's going to ambush themselves. God will move like that sometime, but that is usually the exception and not the rule. Honey, you're going to have to fight. Sir, ma'am, you're going to have to fight with your anointed, blessed, gift itself. Tell somebody there's a fight coming. There's a fight coming. So get rid of the illusion that your victory is going to be bloodless. No, you're going to have some scars. You're going to have some nicks. You're going to have some bruises. But when I come out of this, my hand will be held up in victory be bloated, I might be bruised, but thank God Almighty, I will end up in victory. So fight the good fight of faith. 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 Shake everybody you can and say, tell them you gotta fight. Come on, tell them you gotta fight. You got to fight. You got to fight. It's not gonna be a bloodless victory. It's gonna be a blood filled victory. You may taste the blood in your mouth. You may get, you may, your hip may get broken. You may be cut, you may be scarred. But by the mercies of God, you will get through this. You gonna get through this. You will come out of this. Somebody thank God for a blood-filled victory. For a blood-filled victory. That when I come out of this, I will show the scars.
miss it. Tell somebody, I won't miss it. Tell somebody, I won't miss it. Tell somebody, I won't miss it. I won't miss it. I won't miss it. Tell somebody, I won't miss it. I don't care who I gotta fight. I don't care who I gotta fight. Just like Joshua was saying, when he left Gilgal and he saw an angel, he said, wait a minute. Are you for me or against me? Because I'm ready to fight. Identify yourself. Are you on my side? Because if you ain't on my side, you are the enemy. If you are not beating my face, I consider you the enemy. If you are not helping me, if you are not assisting me to get what God has taken me, are you for me or against me? Ask somebody, are you for me or against me? Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world. <laughs>